So now that we are back once again in Lent, let's talk about temptation. Temptation, as you know, is all around us. There is the temptation to say the wrong thing, to eat the wrong thing, the temptation to do something we shouldn't, eat something we shouldn't eat. It all sounds terribly negative, doesn't it? Wrong, wrong, don't, shouldn't. What a pain. And yet, I want to say that temptation isn't a bad thing at all. Temptation can be a good thing because it clarifies our moral choices. It's half of the conversation when our consciences are talking to us. And it's the opportunity to choose the right and the good thing. When most people read this uh, account of Adam and Eve in the garden from Genesis, they think that the temptation is the snake saying, here, have an apple. Or maybe the temptation is, God didn't really mean that tree. Most people probably think that the temptation was Eve offering the apple to Adam. But I think that there's a more insidious temptation in there. It's the temptation to blame. Adam says, it's all her fault. And Eve says, it's all the snake's fault. And neither of them is interested in taking any responsibility. So the transgression against God's direct command is is compounded by lies and blame that damage the relationship between Adam and Eve. I have observed that the first task in dealing with any crisis is to assign blame. Several years ago, uh, when I was living in Washington, D.C., there was a small fire in the building where I lived. In one of the uh, offices on the first floor, a coffee pot caught fire and filled the whole first floor with smoke. The fire trucks came. It was really very exciting. But what I found most interesting was the guy who discovered the fire. Instead of, I don't know, calling 911 or running for a fire extinguisher, he ran out into the hall and yelled, Who's making the coffee? (laughs) The temptation to assign blame is never very far from the surface. (laughs) It should go without saying, although I'm going to say it anyway, that the point of this story in Genesis isn't to assign blame for the sin in the world. Allegorically speaking, we are all responsible. Sadly, some people don't really know the difference between sin and temptation. I can't tell you the number of times that people come to me for confession and confess that they were tempted as if simply thinking about doing something wrong was the same thing as actually doing it. Now, it's not the same thing, of course. Sin sin and temptation are not the same thing. Jesus was without sin, but in today's gospel, we are told that Jesus was tempted. So why was he tempted? Well, let's go back one step further and ask why Jesus was in the desert in the first place. This gospel is from Luke chapter 4, and it takes place immediately before Jesus begins his public ministry. So he went out into the desert to prepare himself. 
And this temptation is a critical part of that preparation. In fact, it's the only part that the gospel writers tell us about. In the other gospels, in relaying this incident, it says that Jesus went into the desert in order to be tempted. Before he could begin his public ministry, Jesus had to have some clarity about who he was and why he was embarking on this mission. And each of these three temptations works to clarify for him what he's all about. These are all the things that he has to know before he starts that long road that will lead to his final temptation, his passion and death. The first thing that the evil one offers Jesus is food. After 40 days of fasting, he was hungry. And the temptation was to first satisfy himself and not rely on God to provide for his most basic needs. By answering, not on bread alone does one live, he's making it clear that dependence on God is even more important than satisfying his physical hunger. The second temptation is for Jesus to throw himself off the parapet of the temple to force God to come to his rescue. This is a hard one, and it it parallels Jesus' final temptation in the Garden of Gethsemane. Destroy yourself, and God will come to your rescue, right? God won't let anything bad happen to you, right? Prove to me that God loves you by forcing God to rescue you. The third temptation was all about power. The evil one offers him dominion over every nation on earth if Jesus will surrender his loyalty to God. Jesus responds that God alone is to be adored. And when he says this, he acknowledges that he's being lied to. The devil is offering something that is not his to give. It's a lie. Power and honor and glory cannot come from evil. Ultimately, they come from God because they belong to God. One important lesson here is that temptations aren't always real. We can be tempted by illusions and lies, by people offering us what we want to hear. Sometimes today we call that social media. Jesus ends this conversation by saying that he's not going to give in to evil. He restates that God alone is deserving of homage and that no other power can offer him anything. And we know that at the end of the gospel, in the garden, Jesus faces this temptation again. He wrestles with it and he faces his death without asking God to save him. All these temptations served to clarify for Jesus who he was and what the nature of his relationship with the Father was. And temptation works the same way for us. It allows us to have these same conversations and to discern who God is calling us to be. And it's very, very difficult to resist, and sometimes we fail. But don't flee from temptations without confronting them. Use your temptations to make clear moral decisions about your life, your relationships, and your behavior. The biggest temptation, I think, is to believe that we're not being tempted, that we simply have some choices to make, 
And we can choose one way or another, and it doesn't matter. But it does matter. One of the things that Lent teaches us each year is that we are tempted and our choices matter. And that's why we go into this metaphorical desert every year, why we need a time of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And it's why we need to give things up for Lent, because we need an opportunity to face temptation head on. When we're tempted and know we have the opportunity to make the right choice, that's when God's grace is the strongest in us.